The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so happy you're here. So you may have noticed the music is a little bit different. I thought I would change things up a little bit. So before I introduce today's guest, I want to talk a little bit about gratitude. So here we are. We're approaching the holidays. 2021 is coming to an end. Maybe that's a good thing for some people. I'm always one that, you know, gets excited for a new year. So gratitude is the quickest way to shift your thoughts from maybe negative or or stressful into a positive state. There's always other people that have worse off circumstances than you do. So it, it's while it's easy during the holidays because you know we we want everything to be special for your family. We want to get the perfect gift for people and things like that. And and you know this year things may be a little bit different. As we all know, the they're logistically things are not getting to places the way that we're used to. We're not getting that instant gratification many times. So I just challenge everyone during this holiday season, throughout the day, as often as you need to, just take a few minutes and focus on everything that you have to be grateful for, because it really does shift your mood, your your energy levels, your thoughts, because you have a choice. You have, you have a choice as to whether or not it's going to be a merry season or if it's going to be a stressful season. I know for me personally, I choose to have a merry season and not let the stress get to me. So Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Today's guest is comedian Mickey Bell. From an early age, Mickey has always been the one to stand out in a crowd, not because of his awesome size, but from his ability to lighten up any mood or situation. He is no stranger to the stage since he started standing in front of people since the age of 10. Mickey proves that you don't have to use vulgar language to get people to laugh. You simply have to look around this world to find plenty of comedy material. Isn't that the truth? Mickey is also the author of Reverse the Course of Depression. So I hope you enjoy this interview. It's definitely one not to miss. Hello, Mickey. How are you today? Sandy, thank you so much for letting me be on your podcast. I absolutely love it. Oh, thank you for being here. I have to say you are the first comedian that I've ever had on on this podcast. So I was so excited about this. No pressure whatsoever. So now did you just tell me that you're on tour? I am on tour. I have been on tour since September. Uh, We have been doing about three or four dates a week. 
Uh, we have been going in and doing some smaller venues that were able to kind of run under the um, the mandates, but it was for uh, different churches, different church events. They were using this to kind of help open up their churches again, and uh, they would want like a good night out, and so we would come in and do shows for them, but now we're actually doing tours again, which is wonderful. My power company absolutely loves the fact that I'm on tour, and so we're happy about it. <laughs> Yeah, I bet they do, right? <laughs> that is great. Congratulations. It's Thank it is you. it is nice that things are starting to become a little bit normal. I mean, we're still a little, you know, who knows where we're going. But uh but yeah, so I'm certainly certainly it's a pleasure to have you here. So Thank you. So tell me about like what what led you to become a comedian? What's that backstory? Wow, that is a long story. So I'll give you the- I'll give you a week's version, okay? Now, I was that kid growing up. um, I was that kid that used humor to offset the pain that I was carrying on the inside. In fact, when I started doing stand-up, I started reading how some of your most notarized comedians like Robin Williams, uh, for instance, how they all really had screwed up lives and it made them a better comedian. And I'm like, dang, I'm going to be successful then because I had a screwed up life. Oh my goodness. And I was sitting here and I was that person. I was that kid that when I went into school, I wanted to have the upper hand and I did not want people to know the pain that I was carrying with me or the things that I was dealing with. So I automatically used humor to offset that. And it kind of stuck with me. I was kind of known as that person that was joking around all the time, making people laugh. And and then it kind of carried on into my adulthood. And then I ended up in my early 40s without a job. I was unemployed. We were homeless because of decisions I had made that threw me in a spiral of depression. And these opportunities just started opening up. And I quickly learned that my tragedy was leading me right into my sweet spot of life. And that's how I ended up here. So now we're using comedy uh, to break down some walls and to break down some barriers, but also using that opportunity to share people my story, but to also deal with mental illness things that we need to talk about. Wow. Wow. Can you share some of that insight? Well, we just talk, uh, I mainly just share my story. I just tell people after they have been watching me for about 30 minutes, just cracking up and laughing and helping them laugh and that sort of thing. Then I just kind of share with them, you know, my life wasn't always like this because there were, there was a very dark time, a very dark period in my life when I could not laugh. And I really wanted to die, just to be totally honest with you. I would go to bed every night, burying my head in my pillow begging God to take my life. And then I would wake up the next morning and be mad at God because he did not answer my prayer. Wow. And I built up an anxiety to where I could not get out in public. I was very conscientious about the fact that people were always looking at me. I felt like they were staring at me and they were laughing at me. Um, so I really built up an anxiety. It made it very miserable for my wife and my daughter. They finally sat down with me after a period of time and said, look, you're going to have to do something. You're either going to have to do something or we're going to have to do something. And so that's when I started seeing a psychologist and he referred me over to a physician. And I had to meet with people every week for an entire year just so I was able to get out of the house and go out in public. And so to be able to see that I come from that to now I'm standing on stage in front of 
hundreds and thousands each week to help them laugh and to be able to laugh at my situation now really speaks volumes. And I think it really speaks into a lot of people. It gives people hope that, wait a minute, if he can do this, then maybe I can do it as well. And so it affords me the opportunity to speak to people one-on-one. -on -one. They reach out to me on social media after our shows, and it gives me an opportunity to kind of pour what I have learned with my journey and use it to encourage them, hopefully, to, uh, to make progress in their own life. Oh my gosh, I love it. Well, that's the whole purpose of this podcast. Isn't that awesome how we work out that way? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, life life can be very hard sometimes, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So so what was that like for you when your, your wife and your daughter, you know, approached you? Like, what was going through your mind? Well, at that point in time, I was at my lowest. Um, I actually, I mean, I remember a conversation that I had with my wife. Now, you'd have to keep in mind, I've made some terrible decisions in my life. I was unfaithful and my wife should have left me if, if the truth be known. And in a moment that we were in the middle of that painful situation, we were barely talking to each other, but I looked over at her one evening and I just said, why don't you just go ahead and leave? I said, because right now I am at my lowest. I am not looking to get out of this. Everyone else has walked out on me and turned their back on me. I said, why don't you just go ahead and do it now? Clean break. And then you can go be happy with what you deserve. And I can just deal with the consequences myself. She looked at me and Sandy, she looked at me with tears coming down her eyes. And she looked at me and she goes, I really want to, but I can't. Oh, my God. And I said, what do you mean you can't? She says, you don't know how bad I want to leave, but I can't leave because if I leave, you will never find your purpose in life, which is much greater than what you have been so far. And she says, I have to stay to keep you alive so you can find your purpose. Wow. So I use I that have story. Chills. I have yeah. chills. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so I use that story to encourage people that are listening. Sometimes the answer is not to run and start over. Sometimes the answer is to stay and fight for what you believe in. No matter how painful it may be, sometimes that's the answer to stay and fight. And today we are closer than we've ever been. Our daughter, who is now 21, just got married uh, about eight weeks ago. And so we, we're living the life now. She travels with me full time. I can't go anywhere without her. A lot of that has to do with my anxiety. But we're at the point now to where I'm able to afford to have her on the road with me. We travel, we get to see the world, and we're just having a blast now. And it's mainly because she did not leave me. She stayed with me and she fought for me. So to answer your question, when my daughter and my wife sat down and told me, um, I was already at my lowest. I was like, okay. I mean, I was, I was already at the point to where I was giving up on myself. But when I looked at my daughter in my eyes or in her eyes and I saw the love that she had for me and the not and not judgmental, she was purely loving me. Then I said, OK, I'll do it for you if I don't do it for anybody else. And so that's what forced me to go. And after I started going, I started feeling um, a little bit better and started realizing that maybe there is a purpose for me still. And now that I have found that purpose, I'm telling you, I'm happier now than I've ever been. Wow. Well, that, that's incredible. And before I forget, congratulations on your daughter's wedding. 
Oh, it's a huge milestone. Oh, I'm just glad it's paid for. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, wow. And it's interesting because when you said that you would do it for her, I know I have been at points in my life and my, my son turns 21 in one month from a couple of days from now. Oh, wow. And yeah, there's, there's, there are days, you know, we're, we're human and there's days where I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. And, and I do it for my son. And it's interesting how that the power of being a parent and how what we don't want to do for ourselves, we'll do it for them. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that's encouraging, though. And here's why that's encouraging for anyone that battles those thoughts of wanting to run away or wanting to just give up. It is good that we have those individuals in our lives that keep us focused Because when we don't feel like we can do it ourselves or when we feel like we are very weak, it is so awesome to be able to have a love, not only for them, but to be receiving from them that will cause us to get our mind straight in those moments when we want to give up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Without question. Wow. Wow. That that's I I mean, and I commend your wife because that's something that that must have been very hard for her. Absolutely. She is the hero of this story. It is not me. She is the hero of the story. And I, and I tell everyone everywhere we go, and she's kind of getting a little following herself because when you talk to her about her perspective versus mine and my perspective, now she, she doesn't claim to be a public speaker and she doesn't want to be on stage and doesn't want to be in the light, the spotlight, but she, she's the, she's definitely the hero of the story. She, she has kept me, focused and kept me on the road uh, to where I can um, be who I'm supposed to be. And I finally feel that I am walking in that right now. Oh, that's amazing. And congratulations to you because, you know, it's not easy, especially just being so vulnerable and talking about it. But Mickey, I am a life coach. And Mm -hmm. so I have to kind of throw you under the bus a little bit here. Okay. Um, You did that work yourself, though. Because only you can change who you are, right? Your wife didn't do it. You did Correct. it. So I just wanted to point that out. Well, thank you. I, it was hard work. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I tell people that too, because especially when the question comes up about medication and taking medication for depression, one of the things that I tell people is that the medication was never intended to get rid of the depression. The depression is never going to go away. What we do is we learn how to overcome it each day of our life, and it gets easier to handle the stronger we get. And I explain to people that that medication is only there to keep you thinking clearly. It's to help you align so that you can now fight for what you want. So anyone that wants to live with depression and still have a smile on your face, those people that want to help overcome that, it's going to happen because of hard work and nothing less. You have to work at it and you have to stay on top of it. You cannot take a pill and cause it to disappear. It will not disappear. You're just going to become numb and you're going to continuously have to take medication. So I try to encourage people, get ready for the fight of your life. It's worth it though, because I'm on the other side of that and I'm able to share with you how worth it it is to be able to fight every day to win. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. And, and also, you know, the, the medication 
I mean, depression is kind of a chemical imbalance in your brain. So mm-hmm. it's just helping to to manage that and balance it out. But you, like it, you said, you still have to do the work. Oh, you've got to do the work. It's only there to help. It's it. I, I look at it this way. The medication helps you get on an even playing field. So it actually gives you a chance, gives you a fighting chance. And so when it gets you on that even playing field now, that's when the work begins on your behalf to make sure that you overcome the thoughts that are coming to you. I explain it this way. Depression is nothing really more than the fact that you've had a tragedy moment in your life and your brain doesn't know how to respond to that. It doesn't mean you're sick. It doesn't mean you're weak. It just means that you have had such a tragedy moment hit you that your brain doesn't know how to compensate for that. Therefore, it starts shooting all kind of thoughts your way. And many of them are negative thoughts that turn you backwards to the way that you really want to be living. And so if we could learn to literally just take each thought that comes to our minds and take it captive and then look for the truth that is inside the thought, then we can start realizing that our mind is actually playing tricks on us. And once we get control of controlling our thoughts, then we can start living a life that is actually joyous and happy, even though we are still considered a person that's dealing with mental illness, dealing with depression, or dealing with anxiety. Yes, exactly. So I want to go back to you you talking about the anxiety that you still have Mm -hmm. and that your wife, you know, she travels with you and helps you. How does anxiety affect you if you're going on stage? Because like for me, that's like (laughs) the most nerve wracking thing ever, right? I'm kind of weird, right? I'm kind (laughs) of weird. No, it's really... When I'm on stage, I'm okay. It's therapy for me to be on stage because I feel like that that is the calling that's on my life to help people laugh again. And so when I'm on stage doing what I was placed on this earth to do, it's therapy for me. It's when I come off stage and people rush up to you or people are constantly trying to pull on you. And many of them are simply wanting to tell me their depression story. They're wanting to tell me uh, how they've been encouraged. And I want to hear that. But there are times where when there's that many people trying to talk to me at one time, that's when my anxiety kicks in and I have to have a buffer there to kind of know that if I can see them or they're within arm's distance of me, that I'm okay. Yeah, I can see that. And I've heard that before from people that, you know, whether they're a dancer or a comedian or an actor, like when they're on stage, that's their zone. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. That, That is the moment that you are... I could live on that stage 23 hours a day because of the fact that when you find your sweet spot in life, you could do it all the time and not worry about the timing, not worry about the pay, not worry about any of it. You just want to do it. Right. Yeah. No, I I can completely relate to that. Now, I still want to get paid. I do. (laughs) If anybody's listening, I still want to get paid. (laughs) Well, you know, you're entertaining and you should be paid for it. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I I find going to a comedy show is one of the best things. Oh, it's the most fun thing you can ever do. Mm, It does. And I don't mind paying to to have somebody make me laugh. (laughs) Right. And here's the thing. I guess one of the biggest compliments I can have is when I have an individual come up to me and say, I have not laughed like that in a long time. Or it's been over a year since I've been able to laugh because of the things I've been to. But you helped me come to grips with some things or you help me overcome some things just 
just by using the comedy. I wasn't doing a motivational speech. I wasn't presenting any type of message that would require a change. Just me standing up there, walking out my life in front of them in a humorous way. It's just that's the power of laughter. The power of laughter that allows you to break some things on the inside and gives you the freedom to be able to deal with some of those dark places. It's so cathartic, right? Absolutely. I mean, I remember I've talked about this on a, on a previous interview um, in one of my earlier episodes that I remember reading about someone who very wealthy man was diagnosed with cancer and had just a few months to live. And he, um, he basically just locked himself in a room and just started watching funny movies and was just laughing and laughing and laughing. And he went wow. back in for a follow-up and his cancer was gone. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. It, yeah. it is amazing to hear those type of stories. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, there's, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. So I, can you make me laugh? Mickey? Absolutely not. I, I just, I can't. I can't do it. You, I, I just, I don't know. I, I just can't. It's not like a spot on thing to where I could, I don't know. I just don't think I can. My wife's not here. I'm, I'm starting to feel the anxiety come over me. I just, I don't know that I can. Okay. That's fine. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> laughter is such a wonderful thing. You can look at anything in this world and find that, you know, you can laugh at it. And I'm also of that opinion where you don't have to be vulgar and you don't have to cuss to to be able to present a very clean, a very entertaining show. Thank you. And so I'm striving for that. I mean, I haven't even cussed yet. And so um, even in this interview, I haven't cussed yet. So, I, you know, my thing is I'm trying to make it to where it's good for the entire family. But my goodness, just look around at everything that's going on in this world. There are plenty of things we can laugh at. Just some of the craziness that's going on. And if you just look at just look at it with the eye of common sense, sometimes the jokes just write themselves. Oh, they do. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. They totally do. They totally do. So, so where can people see your shows? Like wh what is your tour route? Well, currently we are, I'm working with several different musical artists, uh, a lot in the contemporary Christian field where I will go in um, and they will bring me in as their opening act. And uh, so we travel and do a lot of that. You can ch uh, just check out all of my tour stuff on the mickeybell.com. Uh, you can go to the website there and find our show uh, page where it tells you everywhere we're going to be. We're traveling with various artists. It's kind of a unique time right now uh, because of what COVID did for all the entertainment industry in 2020. Now it seems like everybody and their brother is trying to get on the road now. So I'm kind of being pulled in several different directions, but I like it. Um, but you, there's just no telling who you may see me with. We're hoping that by the end of the year, we're probably going to be going out with some country artists nice. and uh, we're very excited about that. So we just, you just never know where we may end up. I'm doing my very first comedy club appearance, uh, this month. And so I'm excited about that, um, uh, to be able to get into a comedy club as a clean comedian and as a brand new comedian, that is simply unheard of. Um, but we seem to have found favor with a comedy club in Birmingham, Alabama, which is our home area. And uh, very excited to see how that turns out. We're going to be shooting a live DVD that night. 
and uh, getting some video footage for some hopefully an upcoming television special. So uh, we'll kind of talk more about that later on whenever we have things uh, more in concrete, but very excited about the opportunities that are opening up for us. Oh, yeah, there's so many opportunities. You know, we can't have enough comedians in, uh, in this world, that's for sure. And that's clean great. comedians. Too. Clean, you know well, what I mean? Yeah, when you said that, I was like, thank you, because I feel like too often comedians feel like they have to use, you know, foul language mm -hmm. to make it funny. And, and that it doesn't, it's not necessary. Well, it's actually tougher to be a clean comedian, and I didn't oh, realize sure. this. I'm sure. That so is. I started doing. So, so I started doing uh, some training and and meeting and getting some mentors of top comedians that are out in their field. They always told me they said that I could really stay busy as a clean comedian because it is very easy for a comedian to be a rated R comedian, but a rated R comedian can never become a clean comedian because they write and deliver everything revolving around their rated R uh, concept to the point that they cannot back up and become a clean comedian. And so there seems to be an open door there. And I'm hoping that maybe uh, we can start going through some of those doors and meeting some new people because every time I stand on stage, yes, you're going to laugh and yes, I'm going to do a comedy show, but I'm going to have about three minutes that I'm going to be able to share with you about my dark time. And I'm going to incorporate it with some laughter, but people are always going to hear my story every time I stand on stage. Nice. I love it. And I can imagine that there is a lot of opportunity, especially if you're, you know, doing shows where there's children, you know, if you're going to absolutely, yeah, open for a country, country singer, then yeah, you, you mm -hmm. want to keep it more clean because there's children in the audience, most likely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. I mean, and then you're just going to touch more people. And, and absolutely, that's the whole point. Yeah. And, and really, you know, children look up to you right as a comedian you're on stage and they they look up to you and you know you're right. you're setting yourself as an example for them and and we need more people like that in this world without question we do and i think that especially with the numbers that we're seeing uh of our children and of our teenagers that are dealing with depression uh, especially with the mandate or uh, the shutdowns that we had, we saw the biggest number, uh, the biggest growing number of individuals attempting suicide was in the range of our teenagers during the shutdowns. And so we've got to be able to get out in front of them and speak to them and give them encouragement. And you know what? Laughter is the way to do it because, you know, they may not think that I'm cool just talking about my story, but once I've won them over with laughter, then I can pretty much tell them anything that I want to tell them and guide them any way I want to guide them. And I just choose to guide them in a way that's going to either save their life or make their life better. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. That's incredible. Wow. So, Mickey, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience? I have a book called Reverse the Course of Depression. What I did when I was going through my depression, I listed down all the emotions that I was going through during that time. And I wanted an approach to how to overcome each emotion. Now, this is like a resource book that you can use on a daily basis based upon the emotion that you may be going through. And you can get it at Amazon, wherever you order books. But if you need help dealing with emotions that come with fighting your depression, I really believe this book is going to help you. Um, it's going to help me because, you know, I can eat 
but it will really help you because it will help you deal with the emotions that you go through on a daily basis. Oh, that sounds amazing. Amazing. Mickey, thank you so much for joining me today. I tell you that you have just been and are such a blessing to so many people. And I just wish you nothing but the best. Oh, Sandy, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Wow, talk about being vulnerable. What a great conversation I had with comedian Mickey Bell. You can check him out at themickeybell.com. His book, Reverse the Course of Depression, can be purchased on amazon.com. So I hope that you learned something from what Mickey had to say. And by all means, if you are feeling like you're suffering from depression, please seek the advice and help of a professional. So as always, thank you so much for joining me today. To learn more about my book, Happiness Solve Climbing 100 Steps, you can find that on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. My website is sandyscarlotta.com. And as always, I hope that you and your family stay safe and healthy and that your life is filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone.